Hello and welcome to Nested Folders, a productivity podcast where we try to uh, sort out all of our lives. I am Rosemary Orchard and I am joined today, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Scotty Jackson. Hello, Scotty. Hi, Rose. How are you? Oh, I am saying no. No, I'm mm. not good. No, I'm actually great. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yes, I've been practicing the, the that little two-letter word, uh, two letter word uh, no, a lot. No. So how are you? Well, I mean, sorting out one's entire life sounds like a bit of a tall order. Um, well, step by step. Like, it's like the old joke. How do you eat an elephant? Piece by piece. Only please don't eat elephants. I'm sure they wouldn't appreciate it. But Don't email us. We're not condoning the consumption of elephant. Definitely not. Uh, yeah. So saying no. Talk to me about saying no. Uh, saying no to what? Well, anything. I mean, it's one of these things. No is a complete sentence. And we should actually be saying this a lot more than most people do because I don't know about you, but I often end up overcommitting myself because I don't want to let people down and I don't want to let me down. But then because I don't say no, I end up letting people down and letting myself down. And so I have to practice Mm. saying no, which feels like I'm doing the wrong thing, but I'm actually doing the right thing. And it's a very hard thing to do. Um, it's so easy to just say yes. And then afterwards you go over to your task manager and you go to put this thing in your task manager. And then you're just sort of sitting there looking at it, contemplating life going, why have I done this to myself? You know, I now have 80 things due this week. I'm human. I can't do 80 things this week, like 80 projects, like maybe 80 tasks if like 20 of them brush my teeth. Um, right. but, you know, like <laughs> uh, that happens so often you say yes to something and then afterwards you're like, I really shouldn't have said yes to that. And, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's very difficult to change your mindset away from saying yes to things to saying no to things or saying, I'm going to get back to you on that one. I can check whether or not I can actually deliver this. Um, and I, I feel like a lot of people probably are in the same position as me there. I'm, I'm hoping you are as well. Or if not, you can give me some advice. Well, I, I, you're, you're absolutely right. In fact, I was reading uh, Malcolm Gladwell's Talking to Strangers recently, and one of the things that it talks about is default to truth, which I think is also kind of another way of saying default to yes, because imagine how much time and energy it would take to question or dispute every little thing that comes into your life. Like, there's not, there's not room or capacity for that, and it would create just too much conflict. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that's that's part of why we default to yes. But you're you're right. Like that's we end up paying the price for that so much because now you end up overcommitted. You end up doing work maybe you don't want to do. You're doing things that is for other people and maybe is not, you know, m- meaningful or important to the outcomes that you want to achieve. Um, but like you say, saying no is hard because it's it's it changes the way things are going, right? So to mm-hmm. say yes means the world can proceed merrily along in the way in which it's going. I'm a Taoist monk. But saying no stops everything from going the way it's going and forces it to either question itself or go another way or at least have a conversation before it carries on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that's hard to introduce, It really is, especially because the inherent expectation when somebody says, hey, could you do this for me, is the answer is going to be yes. Because they're asking either because they think that you should be doing that for them, or because they know that you can, and it would make their life easier if you did that for them, or because they want you to do it, or possibly all of the above. Um, Mm -hmm. And so if somebody asks you to do something, you know, you you want to make them happy. Most people like making other people happy, at least to some extent. Um, And, you know, so not 
delivering the expectation of yes is very hard. Um, but at the same time, you know, what if that isn't what you should be doing and this person's under a misimpression? You say, well, I'll just do it this time because it's much easier than having that conversation with them. And then 50 years later, you're there <laughs> and you're still filing paperwork in reverse alphabetical order because that's what they asked you to do. And that's really not the right way to do things. Right. Um, and, you know, the other part of it is, is, you know, are you really the only person that can do this? Or is there somebody else who can also do this? Because realistically, mm-hmm. as much as all humans are unique, in most of our jobs, we shouldn't be unique. Because otherwise, there's no fallback, is there? You need to have somebody else who can do, or other people who can take on the different things that you do. So say, for example, you're sick for a couple of months, and you can't work. That you know, not everything gets dropped and it just has to wait until you get back and then you have double the workload for the next I don't know how long. Um, but so the other things, the important things can be, uh, you know, parceled off to other people. Um, maybe there's somebody else with your same job title or something. And sometimes, you know, they are the right person to be doing that instead of you. Um, mm-hmm. If only because you can argue it as, well, they need to do it on a somewhat regular basis so that they still know how it works when I'm not here. <laughs> sure. Or, I mean, even just managing scale in general. I mean, particularly with the growth of remote work and, you know, uh, you know, quarantine or isolation or not. I mean, the number of collaboration tools that we have means that we kind of have unfettered and unrestricted access to one another in ways that wasn't a problem mm-hmm. uh, other than e- maybe email like let's say 10 years ago, right? So between like instant messaging and Slack and email and all the other various inroads, like if I say yes to everything, good God, I will never do anything that I want to do ever uh, because there's just there's just an unlimited potential for, for mm-hmm. demands and requests. And so uh, I think, you know, being being the first line of defense is, is uh, no is – super important in that regard. Yes. And the other thing to look at is, you know, why why are you saying no? Is it simply because there aren't enough hours in the day, be that your working day or a standard 24-hour day or however many days it is, hours in a day it is where you live? If there are more than 24 hours, let me know. I'll move there. Um, but, you know, um, you know, it's some, sometimes, you know, you, you're saying no simply because of time constraints. Sometimes the right thing to do is to say no because it's not something you should be doing. But sometimes you need to be saying no because it's not part of your bigger goals. And to, to do that, of course, you need to make some goals at some point. Um, mm. But then you need to actually look at them regularly and review them so that, you know, when when you're saying no, it's it always feels from, from my side at the very least easier to say no because. Um, right. No, I can't do this because uh, I don't have enough time to do that. Um, or no, because that's actually not my job. Um, or no, because I really don't want to, and I'm going to go and eat chocolate ice cream. Uh, that's mm, one of my favorite excuses. Um, unfortunately, it's hard to use at work, but it's a good excuse nonetheless. Um, but I feel like people would resonate. I, th- I think people would resonate with that, but then you get asked how many chocolate ice creams can you eat in a day, and sometimes that answer is embarrassing, um, and I would <laughs> rather not reveal it. Um, so you, you need to you know be realistic with these, um, of course, but... You know, if you if you have a goal, then 
you know, even if you don't necessarily tell other people your goal, you can say that because in your head. And that's something I've been doing recently. You know, I, I launched something at work last week and it was a big thing. And on launch day, I got about 15 emails related to other things and chat messages. And people just kept asking me, oh, do you have five minutes for a chat? And I just wrote back, no. Because <laughs> if I if I said yes to all those people, then A, the project launch would have not gone anywhere near as smoothly as it went. And B, uh, I would have spent all day on the phone. Literally, I'm I'm sure of it because, well, now you've spoken to me, can you quickly go and have a chat with this person? And then that person will send you to have a chat with this other person. And six hours later, you didn't eat your chocolate ice cream. You haven't had lunch. You're still in your pajamas because the launch was at 7.30 in the morning. Um, and, you know, life is crazy. Um, so sometimes the right thing to do is just to say no. Um, and I left the becauses in my head. And that worked right. pretty, pretty well for me. But I, I love the different applications of no that you've kind of intimated there. Like, so you can use like no as a blunt force instrument of like, hey, can you? No. <laughs> yes. But, like, I'm not even going to let you finish that. No. Right now, right. I can't just, do anything. Just no. Just no. <laughs> uh, but I think also, and I, this is the hardest thing for me to remember when it comes to the application of no, is that I think I fear that no is like the end of a conversation. And I don't want to do that because that's an mm. ugly end of a conversation. But what I need to remember is that in truth, no can be the beginning of a conversation where we're saying, someone is asking no, and I don't have to just say no and curtain applause. I, I can say no, but, or no, uh, maybe instead, or no, but can you, or no, unless, mm -hmm. or no, not until... And it can be like this platform to really peel back the onion. Ugh, what a terrible-ism. Um, but it can be a, a great tool to um, get inside what the actual problem to be solved is, because maybe th there's a better way. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe there's a need to explain that in order for this work to come in, some other work has to go out, you know, if yeah. you're negotiating with boss, for example, or, um, or maybe there's finite resources at play and it's, it's a, it's a money issue, um, or all of these other things. And so starting from no allows you to, again, stop things from just going along their merry way and pause and reflect and say, well, what is it we, we want to accomplish here? And how does that stack up against all of the other things we want to accomplish here? Yes. And I think that that is, you know, especially if you don't want to say no to a person and you are being forced to say no because of something else that is, you know, imposed upon you, such as a budget restriction or a resource restriction or simply the number of hours in the day. Yes, that is imposed upon you both by, you know, wherever you work for plus whatever planet you live on. Um, mm -hmm. Then, you know, being able to say, I can't do that now. I could do this after that. Or I'm not available to do this, but actually Scotty is sitting around twiddling his thumbs and doing the crossword puzzle. Maybe he's got some time Classic to do that. Um, uh, though that said, of course, dobbing other people in for not having anything to do, I would not suggest. I would just say, you know, I, I, I don't know if Scotty's at full capacity right now. You might want to check in with him. Um, but, you know, doing being able to do that as well allows that person to see what the options are. Um, you know, it leads them to th making you know, a suggestion that is better for you. And that is something that I, I am 
very much enjoying doing with some people. Um, and I'm, I'm not doing this to be manipulative. I'm doing this because it's literally a time constraint. I don't have that many hours in a day. If I work 14 hours in a day at work, then this podcast wouldn't get made. Um, and I won't actually get be, I won't be rewarded for working 14 hours in a day. As well. Thank you for working 14 hours. That's nice of you. Um, which, you know, is, is <laughs> no nice. No one but, ever says that, by the way. Yeah, but, you know, let's be honest. Thanks for working a 14-hour day is not necessarily what you want to hear. So me, instead, I've been saying things like, I can't do that until after this project launches. Um, and then there are these four things that people want me to do. So I need you to go away and talk to these other three people, please. Um, mm -hmm. And you might want to involve this person. And then you can make a decision together about what is the highest priority about that. Um, yes. And I do, and I try and actually stay out of those um, not arguments <laughs> discussions um, because you know just because I want to work on something doesn't mean it's the highest priority and in fact it's often better to just have somebody say right we've all discussed it uh, we think that you should do this that that and that um, and it's like okay cool uh, sure. as long as you know that this is really going to take this amount of time and that really is going to take that amount of time you know being able to provide people with good estimates so that they can use this information to make their own decisions, puts the power back in their hands, but at the same time, it doesn't take the power away from you. You're sharing the reins instead of handing them over. Absolutely. And it turns all of these bodies of work into neat little collaborations too, and moves you out of like just being transactional. Like, mm -hmm. hey, can you, yes, served, bing, onto the next one, right? Like, I, I don't think that that's the way anyone wants to operate long-term or 100%. I, I I love transactional work sometimes because then I don't have to think too much about it. But um, but I couldn't do that all the time. And so mm -hmm. to to make me a part of that decision making process, along with the people who are asking me to do things and bringing us together, um, I mean, no is the catalyst for that kind of that kind of opportunity. Mm -hmm. And it can actually work out really well because then, you know, in some cases, you know, I was asked to do two other things after this project launch. And I said, look, you two need to go away and talk to each other, please. And please, you know, involve this person because they need to help making those decisions. They actually decided that I shouldn't be doing anything to do with either of those projects, um, mm -hmm. which is quite interesting um, because, you know, it, it really shows to me, you know, like what is actually considered important enough for me to be working on. Whereas uh, in one case, they decided that the project shouldn't go ahead. In another case, they decided to hand it off to somebody else, but have me available to consult on it. Um, and it's like, okay, this is, you know, this is good because I didn't say yes, we're actually making better decisions as a team, um, you know, for the long term, which is, of course, important. Now, naturally, if you work for yourself, uh, then you have to say no to yourself. And that and then you have to have a conversation with yourself about what your priorities are. And at some point, you do just end up eating chocolate ice cream. But I will also say that that could be a successful business meeting, just, you know, going off somewhere for a walk or sitting down in, you know, somewhere with some chocolate ice cream and thinking about, you know, like, why do I need to say no to this to myself? Well, it's because I want to say yes to myself on this. Um, right. So renegotiating those things with yourself. Of course, it's useful if you have somebody else to bounce ideas off of, but not everybody has that. So it can be tricky there, but I find it rewarding in the end. It's true. And I mean, you and I are the type to talk about task management an awful lot. And I think this is where also having a good inventory of what your commitments are mm -hmm. outside of the thing that is being you know, discussed or decided upon or talked about right now is really mm -hmm. important because that yes. gives you such a great framework or context to be able to evaluate, mm, is there room at the end? Like, yeah. can I make space for this? Um, and I think, um, I, I think it's also just such an important 
platform for that, you know, not just that mindfulness about, do I have room for it, but also do I want to like, is this, yeah. is this good for me? I mean, not that all, all work we do is going to be work we want to do because that's, that's not realistic, but it, it, but it's not a bad question, but I like what you've brought up about, you know, being able to frame both of those things, not just for the self, but for the team around us, even if, even if it's like a team of self and you have to be a little bit meta about it, but like, uh, thinking about bringing everyone into that kind of awareness or mode of thinking that's that's really interesting mm -hmm. yeah and i i think that you know that's where a good task management system actually does come into play because then when you're you're struggling with these decisions and trying to figure it out you can review the things on deck um and i would suggest at the very minimum people need something like a project list of the current projects that they have um with some kind of marking of what they're actively working on um you know even if you you're like i don't need task management like that's you know that's too too detailed uh, i just work from my email or something having a project list is pretty important and it does mean that you know when people come and you, you need to say no to something and you know you need to say no to something you know you have a document there it doesn't have to be a professional document it can be you know like a scrap of paper the back of an envelope or something but just having something to reference it can give you a huge amount of confidence just being able to look at something else that past you has set up for current you so that you can look at it and go, no, I can't do that because of all of these reasons. Because I don't know about you, but when I have to talk to people on the phone, I have to tell them something they don't want to hear. Common sense flies out of my head. In fact, there's no such thing as sense. I struggle with words sometimes because I don't want to let people down. It's hard. And having that as a prompt in front of me is really helpful. Um, and sometimes that's why it's easier to do these things by email to say, I'm really sorry, but I can't help you on this right now. You know, I, after this project launches, um, then, you know, once we finish the, the wrap up, I could come, I can come back to you and do that. So if you, if you really want me, I can do it then. Or if you need it now, then you'll need to find somebody else that can be easier. But at the same time, you know, communicating this is hard, however you do it. It's true. I, and and that's where having those hard bookends that one can refer to is so useful. Like you said, uh, you know, a project list or a list of commitments, um, a calendar, a bank account balance, a clock, like all of these sort of things that, that give you the um, immovables or non-variables uh, in a given situation uh, help, you know, enable the no. I think that no, it can also be a way of say of of hitting pause to say, let me go and check these things uh, because I, I feel like, you know, as someone who also requests things of other people, um, if if someone says no to me in a way that conveys to me, hey, I've thought about this and I've decided I've got more important things to do than this. Cool, like I. Mm -hmm. I, I now have to trust that you are making good choices about your time and attention. You're putting them in, in the right places. Um, that's a lot easier as someone who's hearing no to hear than yes. just the unevaluated nope. Yes, um, absolutely. So I think showing that evaluation is, is important, or at least if, if not showing your work, it just at least, you know, communicating that some sort of evaluation has occurred. Yes. Um, and I had that at work a couple of years ago. I was asked, hey, can you do this for me? It's super urgent. And I said, I'm really sorry. No, the project that I'm currently working on takes precedence. Um, and they actually weren't happy with this. And they went to my boss and said, you know, like, can you rearrange your priorities? And the answer was, no, this project is really, really important. <laughs> That's why they said no. <laughs> but I'd already said no. And I'd given, you know, a reason. It 
I didn't go into a lot of detail because, you know, sometimes going into a lot of detail when saying no, like, lets people think that they can force that door open and turn that no into a yes. Um, mm. And if you say no, then I would encourage people to make it a hard no. Once you've said no, don't turn around and say, oh, yeah, actually, I can do that because it weakens your other no's and you want your no's to be taken seriously. Um and possibly the nose on your face to be taken seriously as well, depending on how you heard that. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you, if you've got that reason there um, and you, you communicated it with the right people um, and you've, you put it in a form that is easy to, to understand, then, you know, it works. Of course, you know, it's easy to say, not so easy to do. Um, but, you know, if you, if you have that reason, and I, I would encourage people to keep it short and simple uh, if possible, mm. because you, you don't have to spend hours saying no to something. In fact, it should be faster to say no to something than it should be to say yes. Um, because if you say yes to something, you've got to go and put it in your task management system and shuffle your priorities to make it fit. And that right. takes a while. I also think that it's a little bit, always seems a little bit suspect. Like if you give me a good, clear reason as to why you can't do something, cool. If you give me five clear reasons, I'm suddenly thinking, why do you feel like you have to give me five? Mm -hmm. Like it has like this weird sort of inverse effect of you're convincing me less the more you say. Yeah. Um, and so something to look out for. Just in general, that that conviction uh, that you talk about is is just so important not just because you want your nose to be taken seriously, but then how that gets your yeses also taken seriously mm -hmm. and how great and how great that is when people can say, ah, I really enjoy working with Rose and Scotty because when they say no, they mean it and it's true. And when they say yes, they mean it and it's true and it's great. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, and if you do have multiple reasons, so say, for example, you need to say no to something because you've got this project coming up and then you know that you've got another three things scheduled after that. Don't go into detail on it. Just be like, no, sorry, at the moment I've got this thing coming up and then after that I have several other projects organized. Um, you know, it's like keep it really, really short. Um, and, you know, that that is showing that you have several reasons why you can't do this, but you, you don't need to provide that detail, as you said. You know, if you're providing detail on all of these, well, you've just wasted 20 minutes writing <laughs> this email or having this phone call uh, when you could have kept it to a couple of sentences um, and, you know, use that time maybe to go and eat that chocolate ice cream that you were after or to, you know, go and actually deal with the project that you're working on, depending on your priorities and what else you said yes or no to. It's true. And you don't want to start playing like collaborative task management Jenga with someone either, right? Where like you say, well, right now I'm working on this project and then I have project Y is coming in starting in a couple of weeks. And I know that in parallel with that, there's Z and they'll say, ah, but I know something about project Y. I take a block from the bottom and I put it on top. And then how about you do mine instead? Because... And and all of a sudden you're you're horse trading on you know tasks and what is more important and we're now we're sort of arguing over minutia in order to make a point. And at the end of the day, the Jenga tower always always collapses. That's how the it game always ends. falls. That's um, that's the so, thing. You know, all you're doing is postponing the inevitable. And when that Jenga tower collapses, that's all of your yeses coming back to bite you when they should have been those. I was so worried that metaphor was going to fall apart, um, but it didn't uh, because it did fall apart. <laughs> okay, so if that's no, um, you know, at the risk of going slightly off topic here, then what, is, what does a purposeful yes look like in contrast? Well, a purposeful yes is, you know, when, when you've evaluated 
everything that's on deck right now, you know, however you, you keep track of these things or however you don't keep track of things, if that's your jam. Um, and that's okay. Um, you know, and you, you have a look of what's on and then you say, yes, I can commit to that. Um, and you put it in whatever your system is, be that, you know, writing it on the back of your hand or adding it to OmniFocus, creating an Airtable project for it, all of the above, um, you know, whatever system you use, you know, putting it into there. Um, and also making an appointment to, you know, like work on this um, with whoever it is that's asking you for this thing. Because in my experience, it's extremely rare that I will get an email or a request from somebody that says, hey, can you do this thing for me? And it contains all of the information I need. <laughs> in fact, it never contains all the information right. I need. So what I like to do when I say yes to something is I, I add it to my task management system. I figure out the first couple of tasks um, and I ma make plans for the for the, at least one of those to, to happen. So it might be that I need to evaluate you know, the request further um, and then figure out my questions and then make a make a appointment to talk to them about these questions, you know, whether or not that's actually via email in the end or phone or video chat or actual physical in-person meeting, you know, when those things are doable. Um, or, you know, it, it might just be that I, I say to this person, actually, you know what, I don't know if I can do that, but I'm going to get back to you on that because that is still a yes in many ways, because that is mm -hmm. going to add something to your task management system of, hey, I need to evaluate whether or not I can do this thing. Um, and that, that is a, a project in and of itself, a mini project, but a project nonetheless. What would you say is a purposeful yes? Well, so th thematically, what I'm pulling out of that is that is that sort of conviction that we were talking about before, right? Is when you say no, you do so with, with purpose and conviction. When you say yes, you do so with purpose and conviction. Yes is followed by action. So it's not just, you know, this yes and then a black box of quiet your purposeful yes is followed by follow-up and action and defining activities and probably bringing whoever is requesting work from you along for that journey so that they understand um, that I, when I said yes, I wasn't just saying that here's us doing this work. And mm -hmm. uh, I think that's, uh, that, that's the, to me, the key bullet point here is, is knowing that uh, whether work gets done or not, um, it, it happens in that fashion very clearly and visibly. And I, and I don't mean that we're like, I don't mean visibly in terms of like giving access to all of the minutia or saying no and providing all the excuses. I just mean that like from an outward facing perspective, you get a very clear experience as the requester of what yes looks like and what no looks like. Is that? Yes, absolutely. And it yeah, and it keeps your commitments actually achievable, right? Because if you're keeping them in the loop of what a yes looks like and they're not happy with that, then they can say no. Um, and, you know, maybe some things are never meant to be a project, um, you know, or maybe some things are supposed to be short-lived and that's okay. Um, but, you know, if, if you're keeping them in the loop, then that means that everybody knows what's going to happen um, and nobody can have a bad surprise. Um, I hope, um, assuming that they actually read all of that follow-up documentation that you send them slash, you know, email slash talk to them with and they're actually listening to you, you know, providing they they do their end of the bargain. They know what's coming so that they can't be disappointed uh, with what your yes actually is, especially if it's a no but instead that, of course, is then a mm -hmm. yes to something else. You know, you, you want to make sure that people understand what that really is when they get it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And and it helps them understand too what a future yes or a future no might be saying yes or no to. Mm-hmm. So when you do a project um, that you say yes to and later a similar project comes along that you say no to, they understand all of them. Well, not necessarily all of, but many of the bits and bobs of, of, of what that entails and what you are in fact saying no to so they can, you know, maybe attempt to put it together uh, in some other way if they really need to achieve it uh, with either someone else or by themselves or through another avenue or with another solution. Yes. And I think, you know, that's something, you know, at the end of the day, the world is a team. You know, be that that you work on your own tiny miniature team of one person where you wear all the different hats or you work for a massive worldwide corporation um, with tens of thousands or millions even of employees. Um, You know, everybody has to work, you know, with at the very least another element of themselves um, or one or more other people. And being able to make sure that all of those people are happy, whether that's the different hats you wear or your boss and your colleagues or people who work for you, you know, at the end of the day, that's the sort of thing that tends to make us have a better life experience, which is why you need to say no so you can say yes. I can't think of a more perfect point upon which to wrap up our conversation this week, Rose. Thank you. <laughs> so, the world is a team. We're all wearing hats, playing Jenga, and peeling back the onion. Where might people find more about you on the internet, Rosemary Orchard? Uh, the best place to find me is over at rosemaryorchard.com, where you can uh, find links to all the things I do around the internet and all of the social media. Scotty, where can people find you? I can be found at heyscottyj.com or by the same name on Twitter and Instagram. Wonderful. And you can find the show over at nestedfolderspodcast.com. And you can also find us on Twitter at nestedfolders. And if you want to send us feedback, there is a contact form on our website, or you can send us a tweet on Twitter. And I have tracked that so that it will automatically be logged for us so that we can see all of your wonderful feedback, of which we have had a lot of recently. So it's great to hear from you. We love contacting everybody. We love everybody contacting us. So uh, thank you for that. And until next time, Rose. Take care. Goodbye.